Welcome to the Abundant Grace Podcast, where we discuss the gospel, freedom in Christ, and victorious Christianity. My name is Emily Lewis, and I am so honored that you are here. Sometimes Christianity can feel complicated or become heavy. I'm here to lighten that load. I pray that the chats had on this broadcast will empower and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Hi there, friend, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abundant Grace Podcast. I am so glad you're here. I hope you're having a good week. Uh, We just got moved into our new house finally and are settling in. Things are starting to come together and feel less hurried. Uh, And which kind of leads me right into this week's topic about Sabbath rest, uh, that learning to take a really big chunk of our week and say, I'm resting and I'm going to take some breaks, intentional breaks from achieving and working and striving and just be. So last week on the podcast, we talked about that awful list, like that magical list that if you follow these things, you just everything in your life falls into place, right? That's kind of the premise behind it. And then on last week's connection call, the connect chat and pray call, uh, we talked about striving and learning to rest and finding our identity in Christ instead of in the things that we're accomplishing and the things that we're doing. And one huge way we can do that is by observing a Sabbath and resting. And this isn't a spiritual practice that is super um, common, especially if you come from the IFB or something similar to that. I will say that the Sabbath, observing a Sabbath does seem to be growing in popularity. And that's why I learned about it was from people who observe it in their own family. So it's, definitely gaining traction, but it's not something that a lot of us are super familiar with. And I do plan to have a gal who has written like a 12 week guide and has resources on the Sabbath planning to have her on in November. But for now, I want to encourage you to rest and and observe a Sabbath and give you some, I don't know, rundown on the Sabbath and then uh, why it's still relevant for us today. And then we can go into some practical ideas too, to help you do it in a non-legalistic, super refreshing, uh, restful way. So the Sabbath starts at the very beginning of the Bible. We see it in Genesis and God creates Adam and creates Eve, creates the whole world. And on the seventh day, he rests And it's not that he had to rest, right? He is all powerful, but he chose to rest and he models that for us. Um, We see Jesus model that as well. During his uh, time on earth, he took time apart to rest. And even though he seemingly broke the Sabbath, he broke what they, the Pharisees of the day said it had to look like, 
But that's not the same thing as completely negating the Sabbath. So Jesus didn't come necessarily to completely abolish the law. He abolished sin and death and he fulfilled the law. So in when we look at the Ten Commandments, there can be a lot of debate around the Sabbath, particularly, like, does it still apply today? Did Jesus like show us that we don't have to observe it? And I think he did not. But even if you think he did, I encourage you to try a Sabbath because it will refresh your soul. It will refresh your spirit. It will absolutely change your life. I've heard a statistic and I don't, I don't have like an article for this, but I've heard a statistic that Jewish people who practice um, the Sabbath religiously, no pun intended, uh, they, um, their life expectancy is longer and it's almost exactly the amount of days that they Sabbath. So you think, well, I don't have time to do that, but actually it adds so much abundance to your life now. And then it also adds, um, years to your life. If you're stopping and resting the way that God intended you to, isn't that incredible? I think it's just blows my mind that the way that God has structured things and try to tried to teach us how to do things. There's a reason behind it and it's beautiful. And I don't know, he just knows how the world works best, right? So when we talk about Sabbath, I don't know what first comes to your mind, but I'll tell you what first came to my mind. This was a few years ago and there was some older preacher, probably, I don't know, from the seventies that was being, I don't know, used as an example in a sermon of, you know, things that we shouldn't be doing on Sunday, kind of an idea. And it, you know, that whole, is it guilt or is it conviction kind of a thing? I think it was guilt, like, oh, I should be doing that. And also the idea of a day of rest from the hustle was so attractive since Sundays were far from restful. And it was almost, I felt guilty for wanting them to be restful in a way. Um, I felt guilty for not wanting to just do, do, do when really our, our bodies are crying for rest and you shouldn't feel guilty if your body needs rest. But anyway, out of this desire and also a little bit of like a guilt trip of things we shouldn't be doing on Sunday or a Sabbath, I started trying to prepare some meals ahead, do things differently to give myself some more space. And it wasn't really a family effort. It was just my effort. Um, and it worked okay for a couple months, but then I was introduced to the idea of, uh, more than just the things that we don't do being Sabbath rather than like, we don't go to the store, we don't go out to eat, or we don't work and we don't all of these, I don't know, things that strangle you, like all the don'ts along with all of the do's, you know, you're in church and you're doing this and you need to do this ministry. And then, um, after you're done there, you should probably have somebody over for dinner 
or lunch on Sunday, and then we had nursing home ministry Sunday afternoon, which is not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a good thing. But, you know, too many good things burn you out, and that's God never did not create you to do as much as possible in your life. But then, if that wasn't enough, Sunday night service really just was the the cap on a really long, exhausting day to start your week out. Um, so I tried to pare that day down, but I think what I was saying is there's a list of don'ts, there's a list of do's, and it's just this big ball of a mess that comes with being legalistic around something, especially when God has made something beautiful and we try to like tweak it. It doesn't always turn out well. Anybody else can relate to that? So one of my favorite verses on the Sabbath is Mark 2.27. And Jesus is again being accused of breaking the Sabbath. And his answer back is so perfect, especially as we talk about it being legalistic. He answered them with this. He said, the Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the son of man is the Lord, even of the Sabbath. But that first verse, the Sabbath was made for man, not us made to keep a Sabbath. The Sabbath was made as a gift for us, not just something to observe, just to observe it, right? No spiritual practice is an end to itself. And Sabbath was made for us so that we could rest, so that we could pause, so that we could recenter our lives around what truly matters. So when we're talking about the Sabbath not being legalistic, and I want this to be super practical and actionable, and you know, there will be more content, like I said, uh, an interview with a gal, there's books written that you can go read. This episode, I want to inspire you to implement this in your life, whether it's four hours a week that you carve out, or maybe it's eight hours a week or 12 hours or something where you carve it out. And maybe it's not even 24 hours yet, but think about this. We feel like oftentimes we can't do something unless it's, we're all in on it. And then we put these expectations on ourselves to like observe a 24 hour Sabbath where we're doing absolutely no work or whatever you decide that needs to look like for you. And then it's really easy to get defeated. So work, work your way up. I mean, if you are feeling it, go straight for 24 hours. But if you're not, start with an intentional smaller amount. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Another thing that's worth noting is it doesn't have to be a specific day of the week. It doesn't have to be Saturday. It doesn't have to be Sunday. Uh, The idea is you work six days and you rest one. So in when you look at your week, uh, maybe you have a flex schedule and Thursday is going to be the best day or Sunday you're a pastor and you're working. So Monday might be your day of rest, whatever that is for you. There's no, I don't know, pre-written rules for telling you which day to observe the Sabbath on. And then as you're looking at what you're going to decide to do and what you're going to decide to not do on the Sabbath, you can look at what 
feels restful for you. You know, the Hebrew word Shabbat is where we get the word Sabbath. And that word literally means to rest and to cease. So the way we do it with our girls is we light two candles, one for to remind us that we're ceasing and another to remind us that we're celebrating. So it's not this big dull day. Or I think probably the first time I was introduced to the idea of a Lord's Day or this um, strict uh, religious kind of a observation of Sabbath was from Laura Ingalls Wilder books. And the way she described it, it was like they couldn't play very loudly and they didn't um, hook up their horses. And I just, I remember it being sounding very dull, but in our ceasing, there's also something to celebrate and it's alliterated. I mean, we could say worship, but I think celebrating gets a different picture in our mind and worship is part of that whole daily practice. Worship is part of the rest and part of the celebration, if that makes sense. Because when we are resting, when we are ceasing, we are saying, God, I trust you. It's an act of trust and trust is an act of worship. We're saying, God, you got this. It's in your hands. It doesn't, whatever I'm working on can wait. It does not require me to be working 24 seven. It does not require me to squeeze out as much as possible from this day or this week. I can trust you and I can rest in that. And that's the acknowledgement that we're making when we do decide to pause, especially if you're pausing for a large chunk of time. I mean, an entire day of the week, a seventh of our week sounds crazy that we would choose to do that. So rest or ceasing and celebrating are both acts of worship in that. So you can even write out a list, not a legalistic kind of a list, but just ideas, brainstorm. What would feel restful to me if I didn't have to do this? What would feel restful for my family if we didn't have to do this? What can I cease from doing um, and striving? Um, Maybe resting looks like you do go for a drive or you do go do an activity and that's restful for your family, but it probably isn't running around to all kinds of sports appointments or practices or um, multiple services in a day. You know, when we um, start serving again in a different capacity at our church, I think our Sundays are going to feel a little different right now. Our Sunday mornings feel super relaxed and it's just being intentional to recognize what is restful for our family. And if that needs to tweak the hours that our Sabbath is, or if we serve, but then we let go of something else on Sundays, um, it can look differently, but just being aware of what do we need to cease to make this a day of worship and rest. And then the second list, celebrating something to be excited about. Um, this can be like I said, candles at dinner, it can be a um, special meal. Like during the winter months, I like to do bread and soup on, on Saturday nights and it's super fun. It, and then we let the girls have chocolate milk and it's huge. I mean, that's super celebratory. And we have the privilege of having another, an extra box of toys 
that we only bring out on Sabbath. And that makes it just feel like a special kind of a day. And sometimes that does decrease the workload. Sometimes it doesn't, but the amount of stuff that needs to be cleaned up, if all the other toys are put away and that's the only box that's out, that's the only box that needs to be put away. So it's kind of two birds with one stone, but just find some ways that you can celebrate. I love a slow walk on Sabbath, um, worship music, whatever that looks like. Just make a list, get inspired. I guarantee that you will not regret uh, implementing Sabbath rest into your life. It is such a valuable practice and such a beautiful way of, like I said, just saying, God, I know you've got this, uh, resting and finding our identity in our being, getting reconnected to ourselves, getting reconnected to the people around us, getting reconnected to God in that 24 hour pause, right? And I would love to hear from you. How are you planning to implement a Sabbath? Do you already implement a Sabbath? I would love to learn from you. It certainly is a practice that we all can grow at, you know, hint practice. You can send me an email or a DM or come to the next Connect Chat and Pray call and tell me all about how you plan to implement a Sabbath or how you already do. Can't wait to see you there. The link to RSVP to that is in the show notes as well as on my Instagram bio. And as I'm wrapping this up, one of the things that was most powerful and unexpected when we started practicing Sabbath that I want to leave you with was the attitude of Sabbath, the heart attitude of working from a place of rest, working from that deeply grounded acceptance and knowing of that acceptance, how that spilled over into the way that I operated the rest of my life as well. It helped me stop striving on the other days of the week as well. Um, it's just a heart posture that sank in because of doing a Sabbath, like a formal, I don't know if I like the word formal because I don't want to scare you, but just like a, a an intentional Sabbath. So I really cannot encourage you enough to try it for yourself. So many benefits. It's just truly incredible. But I will leave you for this week. Until next time, I hope you have a fabulous week and that you are so aware of God's grace and power and rest in your own life. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Abundant Grace Podcast. I would love it if you would share this episode with a friend so that they can hear this encouragement and be empowered in their walk with Jesus as well. It would also mean the world to me if you would leave a rating and review on Apple for the Abundant Grace Podcast. It really does make a world of difference in getting this podcast into other people's ears so they can be equipped in their relationship with God as well. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on this week's episode. You can find me hanging out on Instagram, emily.abundantgrace, or you can send me an email, hello at emilyklewis.com. That's emily, the letter K, L-O-U-I-S.com. And until next week, remember that God's grace abounds 
and won't ever run out.